Hi everyone and welcome to this week's community conversation. I am uh, just so pumped to, to bring this episode to you. This might be our last episode of 2021. Uh, and today I have Coach John Collette on the podcast. He's also my brother, if you guys didn't know that. Uh, but we're talking a little bit about leadership and some of the things we've been doing a little bit behind the scenes at Prototype. The title of this episode is called Leadership in Action uh, because it just kind of gives you some context and some of the things that we've put, been putting into action. And uh, John also shares his perspective and story uh, from a leadership perspective and the journey that he's been on to date. So I'm excited for this episode. Uh, listen to the whole thing. Uh, feel free to reach out. You have any questions and uh, more of these episodes will be coming your way. So your episode of the Community Conversation starts right now. All right, everyone, welcome to potentially the last community conversation of the year. I have uh, Coach John Colette on here with me today. We're doing a, a special episode uh, all focused around leadership. I did uh, put together like a small, uh, you know, solo leadership series a few weeks back uh, that you guys might have checked out. Um, and I invited John onto the community conversation today to talk a little bit about this because he's been uh, putting a lot more effort into himself uh, as becoming a leader. There's a cool thing that we've been doing over the last several uh, months at Prototype internally as a team. Uh, so we formulated a small group and uh, have been meeting on a weekly basis, working on uh, leadership development, decision-making, judgment, and um, being more open and authentic, working on uh, vulnerability, truth. There's just a lot of stuff that kind of goes into these uh, small groups. And the unique thing about it is that it's not a, um, you know, Mike's the boss or whoever is the boss or manager or whatever. It's we're all in the arena. It's all uh, very level playing field. So um, with that being said, this is a, a, a cool thing because um, you guys are all going to be listening in on or, or watching potentially, you know, some reps as we call it in action. Um, you know, this is a kind of new stuff for John. He's, he's one of the newest members in the small group that we've been running at the gym um, and he's, you know, putting himself out there, getting his reps in, just being on the community conversation today, just talking about um, some of this stuff, because a lot of these things are, are relatively new concepts um, for John. So anyway, shout out to John for getting these reps in, and he's probably going to be a little uncomfortable as we <laughs> navigate this, uh, this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh, sorry, I thought you were still going. You're on a roll. I no. We're just starting it off, man. So, um, so, so one of these things that's really interesting um, that we've been um, doing in small groups, and you know, John, you could like you know share your experience or what your your thoughts are on what we've been doing. But the the whole idea about the small group is to um, you know create awareness, right? Awareness in like yourself, and like to start, uh, it's it's identifying the things that. Um, that make it difficult for you to be truthful with others or for others to be truthful with you, right? So that's like the foundation. And the group is set up so we can help probe and kind of dig in and give feedback and help uncover those things. Because at the end of the day, if uh, we are blind to the things that we don't know that we need to work on, we need to have mirrors in place, just like we're coaches at the gym, helping you guys improve like your squats or looking at your form on a different movement. It's the same sort of context in the small group. You got a different lens, a different uh, perspective. And um, there's also other challenges with that too, is, uh, you know, our own egos and the challenges that come up with just being able to, you know, receive critical feedback or, or look at something from a different uh, perspective. But John, why don't you just kind of talk about like 
your experience in like the, the small groups that we've been running. We call it Prototype Leadership Arena and just kind of share what we've been doing a little bit and kind of, uh, you know, with the, uh, the folks who are listening on the conversation today. Yeah, so I am, uh, I, I started probably, I don't know, maybe like eight or 10 weeks behind a few of the other coaches that are, that were doing this, um, leadership Academy. And, um, so when I, when I went into it, everyone had a little bit more, uh, more experience. I kind of went in like not fully know what to, what to expect. Um, but there's several exercises that we've used through the leadership, um, in the leadership Academy to, uh, kind of work on identifying what our, what our needs improvement areas are, or self-identifying areas of growth. Um, so there's a thing called RABS, which is your red arrow behaviors, which everyone has. So no one like, does not have RABS. And um, it's good to bring the light some of the things that you need to work on because it gets you thinking a little bit about how you know, when you're having a conversation with someone or how you're reacting to a situation, you know, how some of those things are, are brought out to you. A perfect example is like this happened the other day is like one of my red arrow behaviors is like, I will react like without necessarily thinking things through. Um, for whatever reason, like I just like, uh, like it, it's hard for me to go ahead and reflect and like kind of like digest before having to, you know, put my, put my two cents out there. And, um, I mean, one was, uh, you know, I said to Mike and Steve that I wanted to be more active on the social media and I wanted to do something. And, um, you know, Steve mentioned, you know, is that really what you need more practice in and not really thinking about what he was actually saying? My immediate reaction was, why aren't you supporting me is basically how I reacted. Like this is something I want to do. Why aren't you supporting me versus actually thinking a little bit more about what he said and he's saying, is that kind is that, are, is that where you're going to grow more? Because it's something that I've already been doing. I wanted to put more emphasis on doing it more. But he was saying, is that, is that, the, is that the main area that you need to focus on? Which, you know, even after just that little situation right there, made me realize that I'm not very reflective. I have a hard time with that. And a lot of the, um, I guess the internal stuff of like working on myself before trying to help others is kind of where I'm personally working on right now is trying to work on making sure that I'm taking care of myself and working on my own um, development versus like just trying to help everyone else without really working on um, my, like my own, like, uh, I don't know if you'd call them like insecurities or rabs or whatever you'd call them, like the, the, the identifying those areas that, that need to be, um, kind of, uh, that'll help you, but like be your, I don't know, um, help you with your best potential, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah. So in the group, we, um, you know, we will go through some of these exercises where, and it, and it kind of like the, the reps that, uh, you know, Mike mentioned reps, like some of the reps are just doing things that, uh, like me getting on here right now, could potentially be a rep. Um, I've, I've gotten on podcasts before, but going into this conversation, like this isn't like, Hey, you're going to talk about nutrition. This is kind of like a little bit of like, 
um, territory that I'm not super familiar with. So like a rep could be like doing something that you don't like, you don't necessarily know where it's going to go. You don't necessarily know what the outcome is going to be. Trying something like that's very low risk, like getting on here is very low risk as a rep, because like the worst case is that it just goes so horribly wrong that we just don't like post this. Like that would be like literally the worst case. Um, so like taking like small reps versus taking huge risks is kind of what we're working on in the small group because it's very low risk in the group is that you can have those conversations. You can give your unfiltered truth and worst case is you apologize if you feel like you didn't deliver that truth in the best way, if you're giving someone feedback is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so in, in the group, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of communication, a lot of really like uh, generally trying to get a better understanding of where someone's coming from, learning how to be able to communicate, how to be able to, um, you know, listen, like genuinely listen, not just waiting for them to stop so you can go ahead and talk. Yeah, Johnny, I think you did a good job kind of explaining that. I mean, the, the, the key takeaways in terms of the small group is that it's intended, it's intentionally set up to be a, a safe space, um, you know, with the, with the uh, idea that everyone's coming in fully engaged, wanting to help each other improve. And, you know, we get practice in like being honest and truthful um, because one of the things, you know, if you look at it from like a, just a, you know, we're all, we all work together, right? So we're looking at this from like a, a work perspective, um, you know, in most organizations, in most work environments, I would say probably a little bit less at prototype, but, you know, to some degree, everyone does this is that we, we have two jobs, it's the job that we have to do. And then the job that, uh, of being someone that you're not right. So it's kind of like putting on this sort of like persona or facade or uh, character or, 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 or just the image of something that you aren't necessarily are and not being your true authentic self. And that takes a lot of energy, right? So like being, uh, not being truthful, not being honest, right? Or like, you know, hiding mistakes as an example versus like, uh, you know, openly sharing mistakes and then creating lessons learned as a result. That takes a lot of energy. And if we're spending energy, like trying to do something or be something or be someone that we're not necessarily not we aren't necessarily um that's also going to impact our ability to do like our real job right do the work which is like helping others at prototype so it's been a really interesting uh experience and and it's and it's a work in progress i would say too because it's this stuff is not easy number one um and it's uh it takes time and you know you make the comparisons to like changing your your body right? We can make small habits and create small changes that will add up over time if we stay consistent with it versus just trying to go intense, you know? So the example would be someone that wants to lose weight and they change everything all at once. You know, they, they start exercising seven days a week. They go on a massive caloric deficit. They change everything. And then all of a sudden they just fizzle out because they haven't built the, the, the habits. They were just trying to do everything based off the willpower. This is all about, um, consistency. It's all about consistency and it takes time, just like it takes time to make gradual changes in your body composition. Um, there's not, it's not a quick fix, especially when you're talking about, um, you know, improving like how we think, how we act, um, or in wanting to improve ourselves to be, uh, more authentic. It, it's challenging. And so, you know, John also mentioned a couple things, um, that were also really cool about, you know, we were talking about like, 
the reps and being low risk, you know, you can also think of it, you know, in the sense of being low calorie versus high calorie. And in, with the group, you know, taking some, being, having an environment or having a group set up where it's like, it's trusted, safe environment. Like we have, you can take risk and you can practice things that you wouldn't normally practice. So we call it like unfiltered communication. So being able to have a difficult conversation as an example, or give critical or difficult feedback, um, it might be a little bit more risky to do, let's say, you know, not excluding the group at prototype, but let's say, you know, you were doing this at like your, your work. So a high risk, uh, doing something high risk would be maybe going right to your boss and giving like your absolute like unfiltered truth. That might be high risk. It might affect your, your job, right? Um, versus something that's lower risk, you know, might be practicing with a training partner or, so, or a trusted buddy or, or, or whatnot. So I really appreciate you bringing those things up, John, because that's a, an important thing with the group. And you also talked a little bit about these red arrow behaviors, which again, were, you know, is the, is the foundation of uh, bringing awareness, right? The things that we do that, that uh, are not allowing others to be truthful um, with us and also the things that we might do that make it hard for us to give truth to others. You mentioned one of those things was being like overreactive, um, which was cool that you were sharing that, that story. Again, you're you're, you're uh, opening up the, um, I wouldn't say open up Pandora's box, but you're, you're kind of like sharing, you know, being authentic and sharing some of the things you're, you're struggling with. And, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about the idea of like, you know, being reflective, being thoughtful and how, you know, with time, like that speeds up and you can improve your, your speed and accuracy with being thoughtful. It doesn't mean that like, it's going to take forever to think on things, but the more we do it, the more consistent that we are with it, the better that we're going to be doing that over time. Right. So, you know, we talked, I think the example that I gave you when we were having this conversation a, a few weeks ago, actually not a few weeks ago, I think last week or just a couple of days ago was, um, you know, you look at like from a coaching perspective and coaching, you know, movement, you know, it might take like a, someone who's been coaching, you know, a squat for 15 years versus a relatively new coach. That's, you know, a year out diagnosing someone's squat, the 15 year coach may be able to diagnose the problems of mechanics, you know, like this, because they've seen it so many times they put in a lot of reps versus the, you know, the coaches a year in might take a little bit longer to diagnose that problem. They might come to the same resolution. They might come to the same like fix, but it's probably going to take the person that's been doing it for 15 years, a little bit quicker to do that because they've put in so much, um, so much time and so much reps, but um, you know, another thing we've been talking a little bit about, John, which is which I think is interesting to talk about on this is like the idea of like coachability. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know what your your thoughts are on that, but um, it, it comes up a lot when you're trying to help people, not you know, not just working on themselves, but also like in the gym, right? Like, there's this whole idea of like coachability and how, why that's such a critical component of like someone being able to level up or like we call it like upgrading um, their potential. I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I'd love for you to kind of weigh in on yeah. that. I mean, there's also like so many ways to like identify like coachability. Like we could easily identify someone in the gym, like someone that you're like, Hey, like, I want you to get your feet a little bit wider so you can squat. So it might help you improve your squat. And they're like, no, I've been squatting like this for years. Right. That'd be someone that would be like black and white, like very clear. This person is very coachable. But you also look at like, <clears throat> you also look at like coachability as like someone that you go ahead and you say, hey, can you try this thing? And they say yes. And then they never do it because for whatever reason, like they don't want to apply the coaching that you're giving them. So that's also like another sign of like not being very coachable is 
you give them advice and then they totally ignore your advice and you you can want it for that person like so much but if they don't like if they don't want to like take your advice or they don't want it for themselves like I think there's almost like different levels to this. It's like the, the first thing is like, you have to like, you have to like buy in, like you want to, you know, be mentored or you like, you want to apply what is being given to you and you can want to help someone. But if that person doesn't like, like genuine, like if they think that they have it figured out, like you have, like you almost have to like wait until like they're like, they're ready. So like I work with some like people with nutrition, people can come to me and say they want to lose weight, but they don't necessarily want to apply the advice that I'm giving them, right? That's like not being very coachable, um, in the, in a sense, right? There's like there's a lot of different ways to identify coachability, and like you can do it in the gym, you can do it outside the gym. It's kind of how people like respond to things and how their how their actions are, because actions speak much louder than than words do. Someone can say they're going to do something, but they don't, they don't follow through with it. That could be a red arrow behavior, but that could also be that person like not being bought in. Like they're just, they're, they're just not going to do it. Totally. How much you want that. Totally. Yeah. You bring up a good point. I mean, basically what you're saying is even before starting, there has to be some level of like buy-in. They have to like, you know, I think the acronym we use is gas, give a shit um they have to um show up right they have to want it um so that that's that's one right and then and i say this to like sorry to interrupt i mean i, I say know. this to like um people that i work with with nutrition all the time is like if you want to change this habit there has to be like it has to be important to you right sure and there has to be like you have to understand the value in doing it so like you could go ahead and say, hey, like I want you to eat breakfast, but if someone doesn't understand the value in doing that, then they're like, okay, like whatever, like yeah, sure, I'll, like I ate breakfast yesterday, but you can't form a habit unless you, unless there's some like, okay, what, how is this going to actually benefit me? Like it's, fun, it's interesting because you're you're jumping to habits before like the foundation set, right? So like. You know, we were, well, I think, I think we were the buy-in has to happen before the habit can even be applied. And what I'm saying is that if someone if someone's not bought into what you're saying, totally, yeah, they're not going to apply that into creating new. Habits. Totally, yeah, totally. And and I think there's a, and I do think there's something in between that too. When you mentioned coachability, um, yeah, I think coachability is a balance between confidence and humility, and you know, opposed to like the further ends of that spectrum of like, you know, confidence, you know, the, the further end of that spectrum would be arrogance, which tends to lead to, you know, harder to coach. And then, um, you know, on the humility side, you know, the further end of that spectrum is like insecurity, which is like limits, like risk-taking or like trying something different or something new. Right. So as it relates to coachability, it's like a balance between, like I said, humility and confidence, confidence to take action. Okay. I'll try that. I'll do that. Humility in the sense of like, I don't know everything and they're coming into it with a learning mindset versus like a, like a fixed mindset. Right. And so mindset really comes into this like as well, but you know, if we, we talking about like the, you know, truth and like, you know, how you make it difficult for others to be honest with you is, you know, the, you mentioned it too, is like actions speak louder than words, right? We, we go off of by what people say, but you know, 
it's reflective in like the action that they take and what they're going to do in their, in their follow through. And it's interesting because like we see it all the time in different areas and you can pick up on things really, really even subtle, like nuanced things you can pick up on it um, as it relates to like, you know, um, how coachable someone is. I mean, just giving a, a shout out, I'll just, I'll throw some shout outs out there to some of the more coachable people that I see like at prototype. Um, I don't know if Emily's listening to this, but Emily Oberly is like probably one of the most coachable people that I've, that I've worked with. Um, and I, I would make an assumption that it's probably reflective in her work environment too. Um, and I don't, I've never had these conversations with Emily, but like typically like behaviors that we're seeing and things we're seeing in the gym, like it's decent bet that it's probably happening in other places as well. And I think it goes along that, that balance. And the reason why I believe Emily is so coachable is because it's not that she's just taking advice and then applying it is that she's practicing it and she's putting in like the reps, even after the fact of getting coaching, you know, it's just like the, you know, the idea of double unders, right? If you want to get better, better at double unders, you do double unders. It's one thing to like practice double unders in the workout. And it's another thing to put the effort and time and to get better at it after the fact, right? That's like a, a really big indicator of like someone that's coachable. It's like putting in that extra time to want to improve. And that's the buy-in component to that. That's why that's already foundationally set in. So, you know, baking in the habit of doing double unders, you know, back to the habit portion, baking in the habit of doing double unders, a couple minutes, three minutes, four minutes before class, whatever, maybe a little bit after class. And then all of a sudden you start to see, okay, stringing the double unders together pretty consistently in the workouts, right. like putting in the work. So, you know, it's a really interesting conversation um, about coachability. It's, it's almost like, um, and I've learned this from just like, you know, the work we've been doing with Next Jump. You know, they, they basically hire people based off of like their, their assessment of them, how coachable they are. Just pure, almost purely coachability. Not saying that like education and experience doesn't have something to do with it, but like coachability is an, an incredible factor in like where they, what they look at for like bringing people onto their team. And I've, I found that fascinating because the more coachable someone is, the greater their capacity is and the, and the, um, the harder, the less coachable they are, the harder it's going to be. Um, you know, if you were to take upgrading. an assessment, like how, like what would be some things that might jump out to you on someone's coachability just from a conversation or an interview? <laughs> Inter like in, in talking about in the work, or like in like, like in, like in anything, like, yeah, if, it's, uh, I like think if, it's, if you were hiring someone, like if they, if next jump was hiring someone and they're based off their coachability, what would be like their, what would be their red flags of, I don't, I don't, I don't know necessarily what their red flags would be. I, I think like, cause I've never, um, like, like done like work with them in terms of like hiring. I've only like, from what I've heard, um, right. I know that in the past, like everyone in their organization, I think they, I think has some sort of like interaction with the, with that person and their hiring process. I think they use, uh, I think they call them super Saturdays. Like they have like all these people come in and, and they actually put them into like environment, working environments and have them do some stuff. They have them team and collaborate. Um, they give feedback. They see like how people can adjust real time. So like, you know, you know, coachability um, you know, there's, there's like the, the mental side of stuff we talked about, like humility and confidence, but as it relates to like, you know, in a, like an assessment, it's like, you know, can I give you feedback, right? Real time. And can you adjust real time? Can you like make changes and produce a different result real time? Now it might not be instantly, but like, are you going to keep trying at it? Are you going to try to like, are you going to work at it? Are you going to, you know what I mean? Like that's adjustments real time. 
and I then there's also like a natural like 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 just using your best judgment of like you know body language on on things i would assume i think i think that comes into it i don't i don't i don't know if that's like the the most important thing i think when it as it relates to like you know again someone being coachable you know look at it from the context of like any sort of like activity right so give an example um let's say like shooting guns right let's just very simple in in, in no way um you know, again, folks listen to this, if you don't like guns, you know, just think of this from the context of an example. But the end of the day, like someone that's never shot a gun before, right? You have to have like the, have the, the confidence to be able to go up and like actually shoot the gun, right? One. Number two, it's like, there's a foundation of, okay, here's the setup, here are the mechanics, here's how to like reload, unload, all that sort of stuff, how to line up your targets. There's a lot of like preliminary things. So can they start to, you know, check those boxes? Now, if they don't check the boxes, can you give feedback and can they make adjustments real time? Or do they continue to do the same thing over and over and make the same repeated error, right? right? Do they stop doing, do they stop trying? Do they stop like trying to like get things right? There's like things you can start to notice in terms of like, like coachability. Now that's like a physical like thing. Some people like, you know, there's obviously other components to that, but you also can apply that into like, like, tasks or like you know activities or teaming collaboration things that you can see in like a work environment they're like can people make adjustments do they have or is it just repeated errors doing the same thing over and over again expecting some sort of different result like are they open to doing things differently are they open to like the different ideas or are they like fixed in the way that they're doing things i mean it's pretty easy to assess someone's like coachability now the reality is is are they aware of it or not is what it comes down to and are they are they humble enough to understand that they may struggle with that and are they working on being better at it and that's like a lot that's why a lot of this stuff is foundational that we talked about before right buying in creating awareness that sort of thing not jumping to okay well let's just focus on like the habits let's focus, you know right away there, there has to be preliminary things that kind of get, get set up and you see it kind of um across different like modalities different domains like whether it's work home uh you know working out like different activities like it, it shows up a lot and um, it's really interesting it's really interesting um, and that's a lot of the stuff we've been like focusing on so I get excited talking about it and I and trust me I don't know every single detail and everything about this sort of stuff but it's just from my personal experience um, obviously owning a business for whatever 10 plus years and working with a bunch of people and and putting time into improving on myself um, you start to pick up on some of these things, but I don't know if that answers like your question, John. No. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like the, the coachability stuff is like interesting. We've been, we've been talking a little bit more about that. Um, I mean, we could, we could probably talk a lot about, um, we could talk on this stuff for like probably hours. I mean, I know I can, but there's something interesting that I've been noticing you doing in class, John, um, which is like this hardest worker thing. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. And I don't know, like if everyone knows like what's like the intention behind that or if you've kind of shared like what that is and you're not, you don't, I don't think you necessarily had to have, uh, but it's interesting that you're doing that because I'm looking at like, you know, what, what, what that, what's the purpose of that? What's the intention? And like, you know, what, you know, why are you doing that all of a sudden? um sorry i'm just gonna close this door because dog opened it up and the baby's making noise sorry 
All right, I'm back. All right. Dad life. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I started, um, I started like kind of like, uh, I mean, I, I've done it. Um, I've probably done this for, I don't know, almost two weeks now, um, where at the end of class, I would ask everyone who they thought worked the hardest. And then I realized that people don't pay attention in class <laughs> unless they're doing a partner workout. They're just like, they're in their own zone. So I said, huh. all right, maybe that doesn't, uh, maybe in, in our, in, in, uh, in the essence of this workout, like, you know, maybe that, do, maybe that won't apply, but I think that could apply very well as if there was a common theme that this person is a very hard worker huh. that it's almost like, um, it's like, I can't want you to work harder but you might want to work harder because you might want to earn something. It might become important to you. It's a motivation tool. Um, so I go ahead and I nominate, I tell, I tell the class who I think worked the hardest and I say, why? So I think this person worked the hardest for X, Y, and Z. And there's no limit on whether or not you win that one time and not everyone in class is going to win it. It might take some people three months before they win it, but no participation, no uh, participation trophies is basically my philosophy. And this is, if you work hard, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recognize it. I'm gonna announce that you're a hard worker, for whatever reason. Now, I'm not singling someone out and saying that they're not. Like this person is not a hard worker. That would be super high risk. This is very low risk in seeing how this impacts um, the group as a whole. Plus, I've also noticed that when since I've started doing the past two weeks, everyone's hustling in class. <laughs> like everyone seems to be like sticking up their gear. When I come over to their rower and I say, Hey, I want you to try to go ahead. And I want you to, I want you to try to like, like row at this pace instead of where you're rowing right now. That's coachability, identifying it, huh. being able to kind of see like where, um, you know, if someone is like, just kind of like, gonna ignore me be like okay like that's a that's a note like i can i can take that note or they don't think that they can go ahead and try harder but i wonder if they don't realize it and i wonder if like there's some like external motivation of like i want to earn the hardest worker today like I, I like i'm coming into this workout and i'm gonna earn that and it's just something i wanted to try i just wanted to see if it would have any type of uh impact right and I think it's yeah. a good feeling too when you when you earn something versus like everyone you guys all work so hard today. Mm. I'm gonna single you out for being the hardest worker. Yeah, no, I think that's I think it's cool. I think you're I mean you're sharing kind of like your your approach to it. I think it's really cool. I think uh, it's interesting. You said people working hard, like people working harder as a result in class. You know, do people want to earn? You know that that title of hardest work, the hardest worker in, in the class, and you know, we talked about consistency and like intensity, you know, the, the intensity side there would be, it's a one-time thing. I want to win hardest worker today. I'm just going to work hard for this one workout. The consistency behind it is, right. are you working hard every time you're in the gym and how does that translate outside of the gym as well? So instead of being like the hardest worker that day, you become a hard worker, right? Yeah. So I think it's, it's also that's not like about being the fastest either. Like sure. that's like what, like, um, totally. Yeah, you know, totally. Try to make sure people understand. It's not about finishing the workout first or finishing the fast or getting the best time. It's about like doing the best that you can do. Totally. Right. 
totally. No, I think it's cool. Yeah, I know I wanted to recognize that because I thought that was interesting. I noticed it today when I was taking class and I know you recognize Shelly, which I thought was really cool. But um, John, no, we're going to talk more about this stuff. You know, this is like something we're going to do a little bit more routine um, and sharing like our thoughts and like, you know, our, our thought process and some of the things that we're doing kind of behind the scenes at Prototype um, for you all to get a little bit more context. Um, and so anyway, with that being said, I appreciate everyone who's tuned into the uh, community conversation this week. And every week we like to uh, get one of these out uh, for our community to, uh, to uh, you know, just share all this stuff, right? Sometimes we interview uh, members, sometimes we do nutrition, sometimes we're having these leadership conversations. Um, and now that I am, I've earned this kind of, uh, this title of social capitalist, I, you will be hearing from some of those uh, organizations that we are uh, supporting and that we've uh, supported. So I'm excited to get some of those uh, founders of those organizations on here. As do, well, you, do you want to use this platform to mention what you put out in the email in case someone missed the email? Uh, yeah, sure. No, that's a good point. Yeah. The, um, you know, I sent an email out today. Uh, you know, by the time this, this airs, which should be Monday, um, you'll have just a couple more days, but I did send out an email to our entire community that, um, uh, I have a $10,000 cap, uh, and it's, I'm calling it the prototype community, uh, social capitalist match. So by next Wednesday, which is I think the 29th, um, send me any, um, any donation that you made in 2021 to any organization, uh, just there's a discl just disclaimer on um, on just just no no political uh, issues or any no political things, anything that would you know, make anyone uncomfortable or or or, or anything like that. Um, but we'll match uh, your donation uh, for this year. So if you donated $100 to XYZ organization, nonprofit, I will match that $100. If you donated $500, I'll match it. So the community collectively, um, give, I'm going to do a $10,000 uh, match by the end of the year. So yeah, that's cool, John. Thanks for having me mention that. Um, so anyway, just uh, check out the email you should have got or just uh, shoot me an email at micaprotectraining.com and I can get that all set for you guys. But until uh, until next week, everyone enjoy the holidays. Or I hope you actually had a great holiday. You won't hear this till after the holidays. Hope you had a great holiday, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks again, John. Thanks for having me on.